All right, well, good afternoon. This morning, we're going to be having a study entitled A Godly Marriage, being that it is Mother's Day. I, I wanted to go over the proverb concerning the virtuous wife. In Proverbs chapter 31, if you would turn your Bibles there, we're going to look at what a virtuous wife is, what a godly marriage is. You see, uh, as men, we could inspire our wives positively and negatively. And I I ask you guys this question this morning, and if you're single out there, this is uh, also for you because if you desire to be married one day, you want to know these truths from the word of how to inspire a godly marriage. In Proverbs 31, many of us know this proverb. It, it talks about this, this virtual wi- virtuous wife, this woman who is godly in character, who is hardworking, who loves the Lord, who fears the Lord, who is wise. We're going to jump into attributes of a godly marriage. Starting with verse 10, it says, who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies. Who can find that's meaning it's hard to find a virtuous wife. See rubies, they're these precious metals, even above gold. And You know, a lot of the world is immoral and ungodly. To find a a virtuous wife, it's a good thing. The Bible teaches a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. That word for virtue, it means uprightness, integrity, strength in character. Now, are, are we men worth having this type of woman? Do we want to be men who promote this in our wives? Again, if if you're single, this is the type of woman who you would want. And if you are married, this is the type of woman who you're going to want to inspire. Are you making yourself worthy of her? Look at verse 11. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does some good and not evil all the days of her life. You see, the husband in this marriage, he trusts his wife. Now, are we men whom our wives can be honest with? Do we have sometimes outbursts of anger which would cause there to be fear in the relationship? And that these outbursts of anger, sometimes the woman is scared now to to be honest, to be truthful. So are we inspiring lies? Far be it from us. Do we allow room in a relationship for, for peace to come? You see, we can inspire peace and, and hope and conversation and connection. And we can also, if we are harsh and rude and mean we can inspire that breaking of 
communication. Even sometimes we have unhealthy jealousies and insecurities that are really based and rooted in our, in our own flesh of selfishness and we're, because we're not secure in the Lord. So be secure in the Lord. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, it says this. You don't need to turn there. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. You see, the reason why Peter had a right for husbands that we need to understand our wives is because he knew that most men don't understand their wives. So this is something that we're going to have to learn to get better at, to give honor to the wife. Now, when I said as to the weaker vessel in that verse, I know this in today's politically correct culture that that word weaker is suddenly viewed as, oh man, you guys are making us unequal. But that's not what the Bible teaches. You see, we're created equally in God's image, but we have different roles. And now that we're heirs together, meaning we're both children to the Lord in grace, we have to honor our wives that what? That our prayers would not be hindered. So perhaps you've been praying for the Lord to answer a, a need in your life. You've been praying for the Lord to uh, help you with a, a certain area of your life and it hasn't been met yet. And yet you look at your marriage, you look at your relationship and you're realizing, wow, uh, perhaps this hasn't been working out because I've been treating my wife poorly. See, how awesome is it though to be with someone who you can trust? Where this husband is just, he's not insecure. He trusts in the Lord. He trusts his wife. And this was a wife who does good and not evil all the days of her life, it says. In verse 13, she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Wow, when you have a, a responsible wife, how blessed are you? Now, as men, are we responsible? Do we give that example? Not waiting to the last minute to do things, but going out to seek the, the tools we need that we need to get the work done. You see, we need to be responsible to give that leadership. In verse 14, she is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. So in these verses, this woman, she's doing difficult tasks. And how do we do difficult tasks? Do we do them grudgingly or are we doing them with joy, with peace? Now, men, do we take this virtue in a woman for granted? Are we spoiled and selfish just waiting for everything to be done for us? Let's not be these couch potatoes, right? We want to be able to, to work and to be responsible and hardworking. You know, as Christians, sometimes uh, we think that we're 
supposed to be privileged and have this really nice, peaceful life. But I would encourage all believers that everywhere they go, that they should be the best at what they do to give that example that the Lord, this is Christ living through you. You should, guys and women should be in their jobs, the best worker there, there is, the best students, even the best artists. Look at verse 16. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. Wow. If your wife wants to buy a field, she can buy the field, according to verse 16. Now, since we're on this topic of marriage and we're looking at at the different roles, let's stay biblical. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5 so we can get a a good look at uh, the order of a household. You see, I've said this before that you don't allow your kids to make the rules in your house, right? Because if you did that, then the TV would be on 24-7, Captain Crunch would be dinner, and the game time would be 24-7. But no, there's order in your house. As parents, you create rules. And the same way that there's order in your household, where the parents are the leaders, there's an order in marriage. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 and 30 through 33, it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. All right, now don't take that verse and run with it. There's, let's continue reading. Look at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. You see, I'm gonna pause right here. Eternally, we're going to present our wives to the Lord. And when he observes how we treated her, what is he gonna see? See, again, this, this whole portion is, it's not politically correct for our culture. And God's order is not fitting for a politically correct culture. But that's why we have to go to what is our basis for truth? What does God say? The creator of the universe. Not what does the media say. It's what does the Lord say? Continuing on in Ephesians, it says in verse 28, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, his flesh and his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ 
and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So a couple things that there was a lot we could get out of that portion. You could do a whole study on Ephesians chapter five. But I just want to highlight how it's never the husband's job to make his wife submit. It doesn't say that right here. There's a mutual submission unto the Lord. And husbands were actually called to submit more than our wives do. You see, we're called to be like Christ who gave himself for the church. And what did Christ, how did he give himself for the church? He died for the church. It's the ultimate sacrifice. So there's different roles in the marriage that we see. Now back in Proverbs chapter 31, continuing on in verse 17, she girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. Okay, does that mean that now we're talking about the 24 fitness here? No, <laughs> it's to gird up yourself refers to when a person either man or woman would take their long garments that they wore in that time, tie it and tuck it to get ready for work. And the strength it's referring to, it's this spiritual strength to wrap strength around yourself is to put on Christ. Here this woman prepares for the burdens to come in life. That she's gonna be able to help others and not in her own strength, but in the strength of the Lord. Now, do we, as men, do we help with these burdens? In Galatians chapter six, verses two through five, it talks about burdens. It says this, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. So now I love how these verses in Galatians, they have two uh, almost seemingly contradicting ideas because it's saying at the end of it, everyone's got to bear their own load. But at the beginning of it, it says to bear one another's burdens. And the key is what the word load and burden means. You see, the word load is that understanding that you have responsibilities in life that you yourself need to take care of. Other people cannot take care of those responsibilities for you, especially the, the callings that God has placed in your life. But the word for burden, those are the things that are weighing other people down that they need help with, that we are called to actually help them with. So we need to be able to help out, to be kind, to love our neighbor, and to love even our enemies. In Proverbs, back in Proverbs, chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 31, verse 18, she perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hand to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. So this woman, she buys and makes goods. She's, it seems that she's artistic in this sense. She has discernment in what she purchases. Now, do we have discernment in what we purchase? 
See, a lot of times the husband might go out and get that nice hot rod that he loves to drive around and then he leaves the, the wife in some old Pinto or something. Here's uh, some, some pastorly advice, not from the Bible, but uh, just some pastorly advice uh, for men. Let your wife drive the nicer car. That's something that I've been taught uh, to give them the better portion. So let her have the nicer car, guys. Uh, that's me talking, not the word. It says this. Uh, she extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hand to the needy. You see, she's concerned about others. Again, in verse 18, we, you, you saw how she doesn't let that lamp go out by night. She's discerning. I, I remember of in the Old Testament the book of 1 Samuel, when Eli, the priest in the temple, he wasn't supposed to let the, na- the light go out in the nighttime. It was supposed to always remain burning. But he didn't keep the fire burning. He left it unattended and it went out. You see, for us in our, our lives, do we keep that fire of the Lord burning in our hearts? Do we keep the Bible, the word, Do we keep it burning in our hearts and our minds? Do we share it with one another? What about prayer? Do we allow prayer to be essential to our life every day, every moment? The Bible teaches us to pray without ceasing, continually having conversation with the Lord. And then do we have this godly conversation with one another? Is everything that we talk about just movies and entertainment? You see, the base of the relationship needs to be those things. The word, prayer, godly conversation. Don't let that fire go out. Again in verse 20, she extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She, she's hospitable. In Hebrews 13 verse 2, it says this, do not forget to entertain strangers. For by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Wow, that's an awesome verse right there. You know, who knows, perhaps God has sent angels your way to test you and they look like a human being. And God wanted to test your heart to see if you'd be hospitable to them. Hebrews 13 verse two clearly states that that's a possibility. In the Eastern culture, hospitality is huge. You have to be able to, in your house, provide for a room to stay in that culture, for someone, for a, for a traveler. And it was required if you were going to be a leader in the church. In First Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, it says, A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, and able to teach. See, the key that I want to bring out right there is hospitable. If you want to be a leader, you have to make room so that you could be hospitable. Again, in 1 Timothy, he wants to tell the leaders that they need to care for the widows that they need to care for those who are in need. And he has this requirement for those widows who were 
honorable women that they should be taken care of. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 9 through 10, it says this, A widow who is put on the list for support must be a woman who is at least 60 years old and was faithful to her husband. She must be well-respected by everyone because of the good she has done. Has she brought up her children well? Has she been kind to strangers and served other believers humbly? Has she helped those who are in trouble? Has she always been ready to do good? You see, that was the requirement for that elderly woman to really be put into this welfare program, part of the church. Is Was she a, a woman of good reputation? Now, are there things in our lives that are hindering us from being hospitable? Do we allow our house to be a place where people can come? Or is it more like a hoarder's house where your children control everything and there's a mess everywhere, so therefore we can't allow anybody to come over because we're ashamed? No, we want to have that hospitality. Now, with hospitality, wisdom does need to be used. I'm not telling you guys to open your front door and let every homeless person off the street come in. No. I have a pastor uh, and a friend who once warned this couple that were part of his congregation. He was pastoring a church uh, because the husband continued to let uh, homeless people uh, come and stay there. And he began to warn him, hey, you, you need to be careful with these people who you're letting your house. And he's at a certain point told him to stop. And then sadly, tragically, one day he got the phone call from the wife and she was frantic. And the first things out of his, her mouth over the phone where he killed him, he killed him. And this homeless person actually killed this man who was being hospitable. And my pastor was grieved. And he knew he was warning the family. So we need to use wisdom with our hospitality, but we also need to make room for it. In verse 21 of Proverbs, she is not afraid of snow for her household, for her, all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. You see, seasons of trial for this woman, seasons of trial on her house, they don't cause her to fear. She's prepared for her family. Something I've noticed that women are often very good planners. Now, how do you guys think they're so good at remembering all the anniversaries, right? They're planners. Now, they plan for even two earthquakes, emergency funds, but do we help in these things? Are we saving for those rainy days? Now, look how in those verses how the family is clothed and scarlet and fine purple and linen. See, these are materials fitting for the high priest. And I'm reminded, who is our high priest? Through the Bible, you constantly see this theme of a scarlet thread, this red thread. And it's referring to, it's representative of of Christ, his bloodline, his sacrifice. Now, because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, because he died for all the sins, all of our sins, 
personally now, we are able to put on Christ, to put on his garments. What are Christ's garments? Righteousness. You see, though we wear our filthy rags of sin, Christ removes that and it puts on his righteousness. See, though we were clothed in darkness, Christ clothes us in light. Though we were clothed in hatred, Christ puts love on us. When we were surrounded by deceit and used deceit wickedly, Christ replaced falsehood for truth. When we are anxious and miserable, Christ, he puts peace upon us. When we are in needing a of grace, God puts that and mercy fully and completely upon us. This is what it is to put Christ on. You see, and when we wear these attributes of Christ, when we live them, we can help pass them on to others where God could use us. The Holy Spirit living inside of us could then flow from us in these attributes to other people where we can be right to other people. We can be light and love to other people. We can be truthful with other people. We can have grace and peace and mercy in our relationships. In verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. That's interesting about the husband. Are we men who have integrity and godly character? amongst our peers. You know, in the workforce, a lot of times the idea of humility and meekness, it's seen as weakness, but not in God's eyes. The interesting thing is that in humility, there's still strength. There's still strength in love. And you could be a man, a, a godly man of strong character, and even if you are a man of, of weak character, according to Jesus, blessed are you. You see, in Christ, he becomes your strength. When you feel like, man, I, I can't relate to the people I work with. They're, they're so worldly. Ask God for strength. And ask him to guide and to direct your path. That you can be a light to people that you can actually lead people to him. In verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. See, She's working hard and for it seems to be a long time because it says that she's going to rejoice in time to come. In Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, here's a, a truth for us to take. It says this, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity let us do good to all, 
especially to those who are of the household of faith. You see, continue on in patience. Continue to work hard in long-suffering because we're going to see and do a season that we're going to reap. Don't lose heart. In verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom, it says. And on her tongue is the law of kindness. Now, if she's opening her mouth with wisdom, are we listening? Do we listen when she speaks kindness? You see, wisdom is knowing how to apply the knowledge that you are given. James 1, 19 and 20 says, My beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. See, we have to be able to hear people, to understand them even if their views are opposing you at times. In verse 27, she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Wow, look, at she's not lazy. It's a reminder, let's not be lazy. And the fact that her husband and the children, they rise up and they praise her, is that happening in our household? Do we get up and praise the mothers? I hope you guys were doing that this morning. In verse 29, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. See, listen here. This king who's writing understands that his wife excels all other women. See, he doesn't see a more beautiful wife because his heart knows God has given him the most excellent wife that there is. And he's made up his mind about that. In verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. See the whole idea of charm and beauty in the relationship. Uh, sometimes that can be what's known as, uh, they call that puppy love. But what keeps the marriage together is the Lord. In the last verse, it says, to give her of the fruit of her hands, let her own works praise her. Bless your wives, guys. Bless them. I hope we, we got to see just some really helpful tips that we want to try to apply. And, you know, we don't often talk every Bible study about marriage. But these truths, they're things that we constantly, for those who are married and those who desire to be married, they're things that we constantly need to work on, that we can apply to our lives. And the biggest help and resource for us to do this is Jesus Christ. That he can save us. He can make us, give us a new life where if we haven't been living this way, that he 
gives us the ability to do so. You see, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So may this uh, study just be a reminder to all the godly marriages out there. This is what a godly marriage looks like. So we're gonna continue to pray for the marriages in the church because that's what the enemy wants to attack. Continue to pray for the household. Continue to pray for the mothers, the fathers, the children, because the family unit is gonna be the strongest soldier unit in the spiritual warfare. So let's love one another. Let's be hospitable. Let's be kind. Let's be listening. And let's glorify God. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the reminder, Lord God, that we've been blessed, Father, to have women, Father, in our lives. I pray, Father, again, that you would just have a double portion of blessing of joy on our mothers today. And Lord God, we thank you, Father, for giving us, Lord God, just salvation. I pray, Father, for the marriages out there. If there's those who are not saved in them, I pray, Father, that you would reveal yourself to them. I pray and I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would have your Holy Spirit draw them in by love, by grace, by mercy. Lord God, put a, a hedge of protection around the family unit. We pray, Father, for the dads that you would continue to give them wisdom, discernment, Lord God. Father, integrity. Lord God, an understanding spirit. Lord God, for the, the women that you would continue, Father, to, to bless the work of their hands, Lord God. Father, that you would fill them with your joy, your love, that they could serve you. And Lord God, protect the children, Lord God, of the church. Continue to raise up the youth, Father, in godly ways. Father, that they can be used mightily by you in the future. We love you, Father. We praise you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One more song. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God. Is an awesome God, He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God, He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God. Is an awesome God, He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God.
God. Amen. Be blessed. Have a great week. Spend some time with your mothers today, and we will see you on Wednesday night.